Hello everyone and welcome to the Artful Athlete podcast episode 118. And today it's been a year and a day since my guided bone regeneration surgery as part of controlling and assisting my little jaw with periodontal illness. Not gonna lie, it's not been without challenges or unpleasant waves of hyper-awareness, realizations, questions and fears. And it's taken me time to feel comfortable enough to talk a bit more about it. When the events of August and September 2021 unfolded, leading up to the planning of the surgery, I took some time to understand a bit more the diagnosis and where I was at on the scale of the evolution of this illness and I started sharing a few stuff in episodes and sessions and conversations around periodontal illness because when I had first started my own research to see how I could best support myself I realized there was very little available out there for people like me and ultimately my nature got the best of me and I see now that I jumped the gun a little bit. I was still in the recovery phase of the surgery and my mind was set on starting the laser treatment relatively soon and also being of support and help for people in the same boat. My response to any problem really is, <laughs> kind of works like this. There's a little digestion phase followed by an observation and a, ah, okay, what can we do to support this or to fix this? And in situations when there's no real fixing available straight away, like this one, you're kind of left with the support option only. And I can see now, again, how I wasn't fully prepared for it. If anything, my family and friends were better prepared for me than I was for me to deal with this thing. And they were so prepared and I, I saw this in the way that they all showed up for me. And I can really say that, yeah, they've been an incredible support system and they were very ready. A year post-surgery, a year and two months post the official diagnosis, and a year and three months with, uh, since dealing with uh, a not-human-friendly practitioner. I, now that all of that time has flown a little bit, I feel slightly more ready to share some of the stuff I have encountered, which no one or nothing could have really prepared me for. If you've been diagnosed with any form of periodontal illness, whether yours is caused by environmental and lifestyle reasons, stress or genetics, if there's anything you feel I've missed out, please feel free to get in touch. I have plans to share more around dealing with the ups and downs of periodontal illness. I just need to be a bit more compassionate with myself and really listen to where I am actually at rather than let my let's fix this thing nature take over. Also completely unrelated but periodontal illness is quite a mouthful so I'm calling it perio because life's too short and these words are too long to my liking right now. I like long words but just these two? Eh. I don't quite like the way they flow. Sometimes being a word geek word nerd just leads you to being like yeah just don't quite like how two words get together and that's one of these occasions so on the list of stuff i didn't plan for when it comes to adapting to perio number one jaw tension 
Now, this one may sound obvious, and I did get told that after the surgery, I could get some increased tension, which I did to a minimum. I was good at massaging it regularly. I went to see incredible, incredible Alessio at Hitophysio in Bermondsey in London, and he would treat me with trigger point activation and acupuncture, and it really helped to relieve a lot of the pressure that was starting building. And then there's the highs and the lows that add up and life. And I noticed how during times of greater stress, for the first time in my life, I would experience a tightness, even a soreness in my jaw in the morning, which people with bruxism can relate to. So people who clench their teeth at night. One of the ways I dealt with it to kind of limit the consequences of night bruxism was to sleep mouth closed and using a little bit of suction action, placing my tongue against the roof of the mouth. It's a more mechanical way of achieving what mouth taping does, and I would only recommend it if you can actually have your mouth closed when sleeping, and if your tongue is strong enough to do it, because it's something... Building strength in that muscle is something that I've been able to do over years of voice work, so it's not necessarily something that comes easily for everyone. But basically, when the tongue is lifted to the palate and you're kind of sucking it back so that the tip of the tongue pushes upward and a little bit backward at the same time, but when it is in that position, it changes the way the air flows and forces you to breathe in and out through the nose, which is overall better for your mouth and breath health in this context. Number two is a little something I'm calling hyper-awareness. So... I'm a voicer. I've been using my voice as a performer, singer, actress since I was six years old. I know my instrument very well. Any slight changes in the mouth, it alters my sound-making ability. And it's not something others may hear, but it's something that as a speaker I am heavily aware of, and something any periodontal illness sufferer will encounter. You see, the airflow around the mouth changes through the evolution of Perio, because your teeth are changing, in some cases the shape of your jaw, and gums also change. So when the air, the tongue, the teeth, the cheeks interact with each other, and the air, the sounding, the action of making sound, is having to adapt to the new landscape, to the level of dryness or wetness in the mouth, which changes even more than in a regular healthy mouth. And that's a bit freakish and alienating, because you can feel something is different, and you know the underlying reason behind it, but you're the only one aware of it all, and you can sense it and feel it, and yeah, it's quite a, an isolating feeling to have. I'm at an early stage, so my speech doesn't sound too altered, maybe to you. But to me, I know that some of my consonants, sometimes even vowels and other sounds, don't flow like they used to. And it's a bit of a scary thing to become aware of. And this hyper-awareness leads to lovely number three, which is even more questions and anxiety. Anxiety because of how you're going to feel when you're going to speak, or depending on what you're going to eat who you're going to talk to. Anxiety because you can see things in your mouth when you give your teeth all the tender, loving, hygienic care, and then you have this shame 
uh, and this powerlessness that creeps up. You hide your smile, you censor your way of expressing, you retreat inward, you wonder if you can eat this or that, if you can actually smile, if other people are noticing what's going on. And honestly, it's draining and it drags you down. You can be fine for like a day, a few hours, but then all you need is just one thought, one moment, one interaction that sends you back to that question and to wondering what's going on inside and how fast and etc. to make you unstable for a few minutes, a few hours or more. 47% of the adult population will encounter a form of periodontal illness during their lifetime. One of them comes with age, because the machine is tired and adjusting. But if you do the math, and I'm not great at math, but this makes sense. Say we're roughly 8 billion adults on the planet. 47% is nearly half of that. It's probably something around doing math, 3.7-ish, I'd say. So even if we assume that half of these 3.7 billion cases are caused by age, that still leaves us with 1.85 billion people for whom it's caused by stress, genetics, lifestyle, or even trauma. And yet, when you do research on ways to try and support yourself through the different states and stages of this development, ain't nothing out there, or very little. So you're left to investigate by yourself. And some days, it's just so overwhelming. It really is, because you're just left having to question the individual symptoms you're having in that moment and, and research solution for each of these by yourself, because there's no guideline or nothing really out there to support you as a whole through this. And yeah, as I said, some days it's incredibly overwhelming. I've found some wonderful sources to draw advice from and support from, but a lot of the time it's felt almost too overwhelming to look into because looking into it makes you think about everything that could happen, that hasn't happened, maybe it's stuff that you should start being aware of, etc. And it feeds the vicious, anxious cycle and it's just... Uh, there. I don't think there's a word, it's just going to be that sound. Uh, which I'm sure we can relate to in different contexts. That sound for me is currently connected to how I feel when I get kind of trapped in that anxiety cycle and that overwhelm cycle and then just blah. Everything is blah. But you know what's not blah? <laughs> it's actually to be able to talk about it here. I was delaying talking about this exactly because of that reason, the, the overwhelm it could put me in. But today, today is a good day. And it feels good to have this have flown out. I'm going to be sharing a few of the stuff I have found along the way to help support myself through this past year slowly, at a pace, as I've said, that is led with more compassion rather than intense problem-solving needs. But for now, I just want to thank you all for listening in. If you know of anyone who's got a form of periodontal illness, feel free to send them some of the content I've created in the past. I'll do a little toolbox link in the episode description. And finally, finally, a happy birthday to Marguerite, the lovely cow bone that lives in my lower left jaw. You're an udder delight. I had to get at least one cow pun in there. I am sorry, slash not sorry. 
that you've had to go through this. But hey, I'll catch you next week. Much love to you all, and I'll speak to you soon.